Hi there, welcome to a brand new and 2021's first episode of Stories That Made Us. This one is a continuation of the Native American creation myths that we've covered in many of our previous episodes, most notably episodes 1, 4, 6, 9, 12, 15, 21, and 31. This week, we recount the myths of the Lenape of Delaware and the Luisenio and Maidu of California. The Lenape are an Algonquian-speaking tribe who are also called the Delaware by the early European settlers as the Lenape settlements tended to be around the Delaware River. Their creation myth is described in great detail in the Wallam Olam, also known as the Red Record or the Red Score. Now the document itself has historically quoted some controversy as to its authenticity since its publication in the 1830s by Samuel Raffinesque. Recent studies have produced evidence disputing the work. Nevertheless, not only is it the closest body of work we have on the Lenape myths, but also many Lenape suggest that it contains many true aspects of the Lenape creation myth. This myth contains elements that seem similar to the myths of the other Algonquian-speaking tribes whose stories we covered in episode 6, most notably tribes such as the Anishinaabe. Nanapush, who features heavily in the tale, has drawn parallels with Nanabuzu, the cultural hero of the Algonquian tribes. This is their story. There was nothing in the beginning, and the universe was but an empty space. It is in this space that Kishalamakank, the primordial deity, the great creator, lived. After many eons, this great creator stirred. In his mind, the supreme deity had a vision of a world. A world with lakes, rivers and mountains, forests and trees, and animals of all kinds. A world with emotions, experiences, and learnings for all creatures who would inhabit the space. Kishalamakang, when he dreamt of this world, knew he had to bring it to life. Now to make this vision a reality, the deity thought about each of the elements that would form the world. He thought about all the physical and natural laws that govern our universe. And as the Supreme Creator thought, the elements gradually began to take shape. Now the elements that he first created to manifest the world to life were the great spirits. These were the spirits of rock, fire, wind and water. They are also the spirits of the four directions. The spirit of the rock is called Mushuma Loanewak. He is also called the Northern Grandfather, the Guardian of the North. This spirit provided stability and solidity to the Great Creator's vision. He became the spirit of the winter and is responsible for all of the physical things in our world. This is why it is so cold atop the mountains. 
for that's where the Great Spirit lives. The Spirit of the Fire is called Homashewanewang. She is the Southern Grandmother and is the deity of the summer. It is she who gives us our spirit and soul, and with it, the possibility of gaining, appreciating, and learning new experiences. She makes us feel and gives us all the emotions. She is responsible for our inner growth and energy. The spirit of wind is Mushuma Wapanewang. He is the deity of spring and is the eastern grandfather. It is this deity who bestows us with all our mental capabilities. He distributes among us the traits of a rational and an analytical mind. It is through him that our creativity flows. He is responsible for our mental well-being. Last but not the least, the great spirit of water is Mushuma Wunchenewong, the western grandfather. He embodies the autumn season and is responsible for fall and rains. Now, this deity is associated with death. But with death comes renewal and rebirth. He is the spirit who brings water from the heavens to the earth, thus sustaining the entire creation. He is the deity of blood, blood that gives us life, and blood the lack of which takes away our life. Now that the elemental spirits were in place, the Creator then made Father-Son. With the blessing of the Southern Grandmother, the spirit of fire, Father-Son shone with great brightness. He provided warmth and light. Afterward, the Creator Kishalamakank turned his attention to Mother Moon. It is she who brings fertility to the world and gives us sight and comfort when Father-Son rests. Finally, it was time to bring Mother Earth to life. She serves the great Creator's world as the vehicle of life. After all, it is she who hosts all life. It is upon her that all nature would come to full being, be it the plants, trees, crops, or animals of all kinds. It is Mother Earth who ensures all creation lives together in harmony. She provides for all and makes the great creator's world livable. Now all the elements were in place for life to begin and flourish. But life, at this point, was yet to start. So one day, when the great creator was conferring with all the spirits of the world, Grandmother Moon complained of loneliness. Nipahuma was her name, and she asked the Creator for a husband and a companion. Kishalama Kang, the primordial deity, heard her request. He pondered upon a suitable partner for Grandmother Moon. Then one night, when Moon shone brightly upon the empty world, she was met with the spirit of thunder. Mushumsa Petakowe. Grandmother Moon asked Thunder who he was and where he came from. 
To which Thunder replied, he was conceived by the great creator as her husband, companion, and mate. The two spirits fell in love and married, and soon Grandmother Moon conceived. She gave birth upon Mother Earth, and the first of her children were twins, a male and a female. They are the first humans upon Earth. All of us are descended from these first of mankind. Now the two were bestowed with opposite natures, as is true and evident from the differences between the men and women to this date. The first humans, with their opposing natures, were drawn to each other, all the while being watched over at night by Grandmother Moon. Now this interplay of opposing natures, the duality of creation, so to speak, is evident everywhere in Kishalama Khan's creation. This is because the creator had seen these opposites in his original vision. This is the reason why the world is full of dualities of all kinds. Darkness, for instance, exists as an opposing force to light. Similarly, the female is balanced by the male. Summer is the opposite of winter, and the death brought about in the autumn, as evidenced by the falling of leaves, is but the opposite to the rebirth of nature every spring. Now, in this vein, for all the goodness that exists in the world, there had to be a prevalence of evil. This evil is called Manatu, who is a spirit created by Kishalamakang, the great creator, as one who is opposed to himself, and therefore opposed to good. It is Manatu who makes all the evil to counter the goodness of the world. It is he who brings negative thoughts and deeds to all creation. Manatu is the one who created all the poisonous snakes, plants, and animals to balance the good that is provided by useful animals and plants. Afterward, to balance the waters, the creator made the great toad. The spirit toad was tasked with assisting and ensuring all life in water would flourish. But the toad was challenged and eventually, after a long drawn-out war, was defeated by the evil-horned serpent named Mashashak. Soon enough, the evil spirits Manatu and Mashashak combined together to rain havoc upon the earth, water, and indeed, all creation. The world was in turmoil and evil reigned supreme. The people and animals under the influence of the two evil spirits, began warring. Jealousy, anger, betrayal, and greed became the defining qualities of all creation. Kishalama Kang, the great creator, witnessed this and was saddened. The balance of good and evil was disturbed and the scales tilted towards evil. This continued until the world became so bad that it was unsustainable. Finally, unable to bear the decadence of his creation, 
the great creator sent a massive deluge to cleanse his creation. This great flood eradicated all plants, animals, and humans, but there remained one good surviving spirit. He is Nanapush, and he placed a few good animals in his shirt. Then the spirit climbed a cedar tree and made a raft. The spirit, along with the good creations of the world, floated upon this raft, hoping to survive the flood. Later, when the rain stopped, Nanapush made use of his powers to make the waters recede and create new land. He sent various animals into the depths of the water that covered the old world to find soil for a new world. Heeding his calls, many animals dived under the water to find new soil. All had failed until a muskrat volunteered. After a long dive, the muskrat succeeded and brought up some soil in his paws. Afterward, Nanapush wondered where to place this mud, with which he would create land upon the earth. He thought long and hard to find a hard base upon which to create land. Tashkwash, the turtle, heard of Nanapush's dilemma and he volunteered to be the base of the world. Relieved and happy, Nanapush put the mud on the back of the turtle, and lo and behold, the earth immediately began to grow into the world we know, the world we call Turtle Island. When the land was ready for new creation to start, Nanapush prayed to all the elemental spirits, asking them to breathe to life to bring back all the prerequisites for the world to flourish. The elemental spirits heard his prayers, and soon the soil turned fertile. Winds blew as a wondrous warm breeze, and rain brought fresh water upon the land. Eventually, a fine tree grew from Mother Earth. When this tree grew and flourished, the first man came out of its root. But the man was lonely. This Nanapush saw and wondered how to provide company to the man. He prayed to Mother Earth to provide succor to the man, and soon she sent a woman to be with him. Now this man and woman were the first ancestors of all the Lenape. Nanapush taught these first humans how to live properly. He provided all the directions and guidance for mankind to flourish. After Nanapush dispersed all knowledge that was required for mankind to succeed, he felt his work was done. The benevolent spirit then turned himself into a rabbit and left the earth to live in the spirit world. From here, he looks after all the Lenape and remains the champion of all mankind. The next story is of the Luiseño of California. The Luiseño people inhabit coastal Southern California. They are the southernmost group of the Shoshoneans, who were once a powerful and prominent group of tribes in Utah, Nevada, and California. 
These people have traditionally been hunters and gatherers. Much like their neighbors, the Diagenias, whose tale we covered in episode 15, these people came under the influence of Spanish missions. Now their creation story is a complex tale containing many familiar themes. The tale begins with a creation from chaos and soon morphs into a tale where Riot, the cultural hero, ensures the success of mankind. Their story also shares similarity with the Hawaiian myth that we covered in episode 28 of the gradual coming of light upon the world. Finally, a quick word on Riot. The name perhaps is borrowed from the Riot Indians who live further north. Evidence points to this involvement being a post-Christian addition to the tale. Whether Riot features in the traditional Luisenio story is up for much debate. He is both a godlike figure, a great guiding spirit and shaman, and is also a traditional cultural hero. He dies and is then reborn as a tree. Some Spanish missions back in the day have also drawn parallels between Riot and Jesus. Nevertheless, let's begin with the creation myth of the Luisenia. There was nothing in the beginning. In fact, the universe existed in a void that was called Kevish Atakvish, that is space and void, or Omai Yamal, absolute nothingness. This was the way of the universe for a long while, until eventually, time was born. With the birth of time, the notion of cause and effect was created. Afterward, all matter was formed. Slowly, all the matter gathered together and began to fall into forms, becoming the Milky Way. But back then, there was no life. While matter existed, nothing formed upon it. Then suddenly, there came slight vibrations. These vibrations soon became a creative stirring. Out of Kevish Atakvish, space and void, emerged a man, Tukmit, and a woman, Tomayovit. Now Tukmit, the man, was the sky, and Tomayovit, the woman, was the earth. They could not see one another, but were aware of each other's existence. Eventually, they came together and conceived and gave birth to the first elements of creation. It was Tukmet and Tomayovet who created the air that we breathe in, the fresh and seawater, and the features of the land. They produced the valleys, mountains, stones, streams, and all things that are necessary for worship, ceremonies, and cooking. Now it is from Tukmet and Tomayovet that Takwish, the terrifying meteor, was born. He appears in the sky, lighting the world every time he passes. From Takwish was born his son Towish. He is the immortal soul of all humans. Then, 
From the Earth Mother and Sky Father came Wiyot. Wiyot is the ancestor spirit of all people. From Wiyot came all mankind, and he is the forefather of all the Louisiana. Now the people made more people, and as humanity multiplied, they followed the growing earth as she stretched southward. But back then, the world was still dark. From the Earth Mother also was born the Sun. But back then, the Sun was too bright and had to therefore be hidden from the people. However, as people flourished and headed south, they needed light to see. When they migrated to Temecula, the Earth Mother brought out, at the request of the people, the sun again. The people, glad to see light, raised the sun to the sky. The Earth Mother then set a regular path for the sun high in the sky. Thus, with the sun being farther from the earth, was not so frightening as before to the people. They grew to enjoy the light and the warmth of the sun. Now Temecula, the place where the sun was brought to the world, is also where Viot, the father of all people, died. Some say it is the frog who instigated Viot's death. Legends have it that the frog hated Viot for it was the spirit that made the amphibian's legs. Dissatisfied and upset, frogs spat poison into Weot's water. As expected, when Weot drank the water, he knew his end was nigh, and that he would pass away to the spirit world in the spring. But before he left, he taught the people all they needed to know. When spring came, the great spirit left the earth for the spirit world. In the place where he died, a great oak tree grew from his ashes. This tree is the tree of life that sustains the world and all creation in it. The shamans of Louisiana still believe that Riot visits all people each night. It is said that he has become the moon and overlooks and watches all mankind and animals. This is why the Louisianos celebrate and give thanks to the spirits at night and around the fire. Weot, after all, is the center of all Louisiana celebrations. When at night Weot rises, the people cry as they dance for the Great Spirit, the ancestor of all. The final story for this episode is the creation myth of the Maidu. The Maidu Indians lived in a large area east of the Sacramento River into the Sierra Nevada mountains. There are many Maidu creation and origin myths. They all contain a dominant creator-like figure, the Earth Starter or Great Man for instance. Their story is taken from David A. Lehman's book creation myths of the world, details of which are in the description of the episode. So then, let's discuss the last story of the episode, the creation myth 
of the Maidu people of Sacramento. In the beginning, there was no light, and everywhere there was water. From the north, a raft came carrying Turtle and Pehe Ipe, father of the secret society. A feather rope was let down from the sky. Earth Starter, or the great man, came down the rope, tied it to the bow of the raft, and climbed aboard. His face was masked, and he shone as if he were the sun itself. He sat still and was quiet. Where did you come from? The turtle asked. From up there, said Earth Starter, pointing at the heavens. Say, it would be nice if you could make me some dry land to stand on once in a while, said the turtle. And by the way, are there going to be people on this earth? Yes, answered Earth Starter. When? asked the turtle. I can't say, but if you want land, I will need some earth. Turtle heard this and said he would die for some. Earth Starter tied a rock around the turtle's arm. He then took a feather rope out of the blue and tied it around Turtle's leg to prevent it from drowning. Good, said the turtle. If the rope is not long enough, I will jerk once. If it's long enough, I'll jerk it twice, and you must pull me up. Saying this, the turtle dove over the side as the father of the secret society, Peheipe, shouted. Turtle did not come up for six years, and when he did, he was covered in slime and only had a bit of earth under his nails. Earth Starter took a stone knife from under his armpit and scraped a bit of earth from the turtle's nails. He rolled it in his hands and placed it on the stone of the raft. Gradually, the little ball grew until it was as big as the world. This is fine, said the turtle, but we need light. Can you make some? Well, said the earth starter, let's see. Come out onto the raft and I will call my sister from the east. The moment earth starter called for his sister, light began to rise and Peheipe, the father of the secret society, shouted again. Earth Starter made a path for his sister, the sun, and after a while, she went down the other end. Father of the secret society was upset at losing the sun. So Earth Starter called his brother, the moon, and he came up, and all was well. This is how things were for a long time. Afterward, the turtle got bored. He thus turned to Earth Starter and asked, Will you do nothing else? Oh yes, answered the Earth Starter, and he called out the stars by name, and then made the huge Hukimsa or an oak tree to grow. They all sat under the tree for two days. Afterward, 
They all went off to look at Earthstarter's new world. Earthstarter, however, went so fast that the others could only see a ball of fire flashing under the ground and in the water. Meanwhile, back under the oak tree, a coyote and his dog, the rattlesnake, came up out of the ground. Some people say that only Coyote could see through Earth's daughter's mask to his face. Later, all the five beings, the Earth's daughter, the turtle, Pehe'ipe or the father of secret society, Coyote and its pet, the rattlesnake, built huts for themselves. But it was forbidden to go into the Earth Starter's hut. For some time, the Earth Starter made other things birds, trees, and deers. Sometimes the turtle complained about the Earth Starter's style and methods. One day, when the Earth Starter and Coyote had gone for a walk, suddenly Earthstarter announced that he would make people. Then and there, he took red clay from the earth and made a man and a woman. Afterward, he laid them next to each other inside his house, where no one else had been allowed to go. Then Earthstarter lay down next to the two beings. He stretched out his arms and sweated for at least a day and a night, until early in the morning when the new woman tickled him. He did not laugh, but got up and struck the ground with pitch wood so that a fire came to be. Now these new people were as white as snow and had pink eyes and black hair. Earthstarter finished by giving the people hands like his so they could climb trees and escape bears. These first people were the man, Kuksu, and the Morning Star Woman. Now Coyote thought he would have a try at creating people since Earthstarter had explained to him how it was done. In the morning, however, when the woman the coyote created tickled him, he laughed, something Earthstarter had told him not to do. As a result, these new people had glassy eyes and did not come alive. I told you not to laugh, said Earthstarter, and coyote said he had not. This was his first great lie. Soon, there were many people. Earthstarter did not stay around as much as he had done before, but he did sometimes speak to the first man during the night. One night, Earthstarter ordered him to gather the people the next day and take them to a little lake nearby. He said that the first man would be an old man by the time he got there. The first man did as he was told, and by the time he and the people got to the lake, he was an old man. He fell into the lake and sank into it. There was a terrible roaring sound and earthquakes 
until the first man came out of the water again as a young man. Then earth starters spoke to the people and told them that when they got old, they must do as the first man had done and all would be well. After he had spoken, earth starter returned to his place above. The world that earth starter had left was a perfect place. There was more than enough to eat. In fact, the women put out baskets at night and found them full of warm food in the morning. The coyote, however, introduced new ways, and everything changed. Some of the new ways were all right, for there were games and races. The bad thing that Coyote introduced was death, with the help of his dog Rattlesnake. It was up to the first man to teach the people how to treat the dead by wrapping them and burying them until the world shall be made over. He then sent the people to different places where they spoke different languages and went to different spirit hands. That then is the end of this week's episodes. Listen to the creation myths of the other tribes, cultures and civilizations in the previous episodes. As I alluded to earlier, we've covered many tales of the Native American tribes in the podcast. Check out episodes 1, 4, 6, 9, 12, 15, 21 and 31 if you'd like to hear more. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a feedback. We are quite active on Twitter and Instagram, so why not connect with us by using the handle at stories T-H-T-M-D-E-Q-S for both Twitter and Instagram. You may also email us at info.storiesthatmadeus at gmail.com. I'll see you again next week. Until then, goodbye.